welcome back to another episode of Give a Buck. It's myself, Sean, and I'm here as always with Matt. Matt, how are you doing? Uh, I always say good normally, but I can't really say good this time, can I? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm feeling the same, mate. Um, we're also recording this podcast on the Tuesday. The Bucks have obviously just been pumped out of the playoffs on Sunday. I'm rather light. It's still sitting a little bit sore at the moment. Yeah. Um, so I had my final ever exam at university yesterday and so the Bucks game was the stress of the Bucks game was compounded with the stress of exam season um and I was actually during the game I was saying I'm more stressed about this game than I am about the exam tomorrow I was <laughs> um, and yeah I don't know it hasn't really it doesn't feel like it's hit me because there was never a point during this entire season and even during the playoffs, until until like I'd say maybe the halfway through the yeah, no no uh, until like maybe halfway through the second quarter of that game seven, I never doubted that the Bucks were going to win the win the title. There was never a doubt in me. I was always like, oh yeah, you know we'll lose a few games in the way, but it'll all work itself out in the end um, because it just will. And you know here we are. Um, we're not going to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, we definitely not. It's weird. It's a tough one because obviously both of us have been quite confident the Bucks were going to repeat. Never said it was going to be easy, but we both kind of believe that we're going to. And I still believe we're going to go into Game Seven. The, that yeah, was, the winner of that absolutely. series was going to win the title. Which, to be honest, I still stand by, and I wouldn't begrudge Celtics going to full way now and winning the title. No, 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 absolutely not. Yeah, obviously, I think yeah, like I think the first thing we, we sort of have to say really is like props to them. Well done to the Celtics. Uh, yeah. You know. Absolutely, yeah. you know. Before before this gets extremely sad, uh, congratulations that, to them. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, it sucks that we were on the end of the loss on Game Seven. But see, look, looking at it as a neutral, that must have been a great series because it was two great teams going at it properly for seven games. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, yeah, obviously, like we can talk about the actual quality of the basketball uh, a bit later, maybe. But um, just uh, on face value, it must have been a great series for for the neutral was- fan. I'm going to say this now before I end up like yourself. I end up getting a bit sad and forget to say it. Right? The better team won the series. Absolutely. The, the, I don't um, think I can't yeah. even put my box tinted glasses on on that one and say that the Bucks deserve to win that. We didn't no, no. In the slightest. Fair play to the Celtics for coming out because they have had a hell of a turnaround since the start of this calendar year. Especially since that since that Christmas game, day game. Although saying about the Christmas day game, that that was what game what five. That was very Christmas day, but. And I think Celtics fans are a bit surprised by that. But yeah, congrats, massive congratulations to them. Huge turnaround in the season. Um, I, it's it's really remarkable how it happened. I mean, I guess whatever. And I, honestly, I think I do think the biggest praise for the for a the series and b just their season in a whole ha- has to go to Ime Udoka. I think he, he, he like it, he must have done something in that dressing room around halfway through the season that, that that has just completely changed them as a team, as a unit, got them playing together, and you know what well right. yes, he, he coached ahead of the series. US what on he had himself an absolute banging um, series. He's, the turnaround in general has been absolutely superb for him. One hundred percent. You said look at now. I saw a thing on Twitter the other day, and it's actually hard to disagree with this. That it was actually the um, it could be one of one of the best NBA comebacks of all time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, they've been. When, when you look at it in terms of they've went from because we also spoke in previous episodes where we're chatting about how oh, the Celtics were not worried about them. They're being shit. They'll be lucky to make the playoff. The play-ins. Mm. Definitely. And then before you knew it, you blinked, and they were way up at bloody second place. Yeah, I think I think if you go back to a podcast that we must have been in January, it must have been around January, just after the Christmas Day game, and 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 we might, we would have been talking about the Celtics like they were nobodies and nothings, and now here they are, and they've actually mm-hmm. they've really really turned it around, and and they're actually playing really really great. Um, yeah, so well done to them <laughs> for doing that. I mean, I they, we're doing a lot of speaking about the Celtics, but also they had the first round series against the Nets that swept. Now, granted, yeah. the Nets haven't been the greatest team. This year, as they were last team. year, yeah, they're a good team. They all their games were close, and as we chatted previously, they still managed to sweep them. Any of those yeah. games could have went against them. Yeah, and I mean, but, they've probably been since the turn of the year the best team in the league, and I think they have been by quite the quite a distance, and not really even close to anyone else. Especially mm-hmm. when you look at what what's 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 happened in Phoenix now, which is quite funny. But um, yeah, that, that I'm not gonna lie, that made me feel so much better Monday morning when I yeah, woke up and well, I seen that score. Finding out that. They did what we did, but far, far worse. 
and far more embarrassingly, because in that series, they were by far the better team. In our series, the Celtics were the better team and the better team won. In that series, there's not there's an argument that Phoenix should have been the better team and should have won. So to see them get embarrassed more than we got embarrassed, great news. <laughs> there's a crazy stat going about the Phoenix series at the moment. Now it's Luka Doncic. He scored more than points than Booker, got more assists than Chris, Chris Paul. Paul. More rebounds than DeAndre and more steals than, 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 than uh, Mikael Bridges. Defensive player of the year, second place at all. What a player. He's so good. But I'd like to be honest, I'd actually quite like to see him go the full way and win it. I would love to see a Celtics and Mavs final. That'd be nice, yeah. That'd be nice. That'd be an interesting game or an interesting series. To be honest, for me, I think, like, in terms of, not annoyance, (laughs) but I don't want to see the Heat win it. And so, you know, as good as the Celtics have been, there is part of me that doesn't really want them to win it. But, um, and then, so... The Warriors or the or the Mavs, I think I'd take, but you know, yeah, good luck to everyone else. <laughs> I, I don't. Know, I feel like I feel like Luka deserves it. It'd be nice to look at the win. Yeah, but... especially with it, but I don't think he can with his team. Like that's the thing. Pe- people have been questioning Luka for a while because he's not. Ne- it's like he, he's hardly done anything in the playoffs, right? But he's had dreadful teams around him every year, and even this year, his team's not very. His team's not that good. There's just a bunch of good no, role players, and then him. And he's just playing really, really well. Uh, but then his role players are stepping up. Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie are playing really well. well so. This is exactly what I was just going to say there, right? You're talking about how they're stepping up. See if the Bucs had that. Giannis would have been laughing. Yeah, literally. If we had one of Jalen Brunson or or um, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, that's the, that's the bloke. Um, it's frustrating. We all thought lost Chris in the first round. Excuse yeah. me, right? And I'm not making excuses for injuries. Injuries happen. It's part of, a, it's part of the series. No, it's I part think... of the sport. Because I think obviously, box fans are, are maybe coming under flack for saying that now, now that um, you know, if, if Chris was fit, it's, it's a different series, which is true. But it, we're getting a lot of flack because obviously last year, if the Nets had been fit, yeah, it's a different well, series. Well, that's that's the thing. We benefited last year in the second round from an injured team, right? Yeah. No that. yeah, we went on to the finals and Giannis got injured and we won two games, right? Fantastic. Doesn't change the fact that injuries change how games go. A certain game series, they change how it goes. That's the exact same here. You know, do, do the Bucks win if Chris Middleton's fit, right? Nobody will know because you'd also be relying on Chris stepping exactly. up and so, being able to perform. And in the and in the first round, he hadn't been stepping up. He, his no. game one, he was really bad. Game two, he was pretty mere until and he started getting going until he got injured. And so we don't know what he could have been. He could have also just contributed to the to the ring the recreation of Bob the Builder that we saw. Well, like, it's, just, it's frustrating because Yanis gave his all and you could see him come the end of that series just how deflated he was and how tired he was. Yeah, like, so, so game six was our chance to win it and game six, Yanis had his this is the best player in the world game. Yeah. And he needed one, he needed one bloke, anyone, could have been anyone, could have been me, could have been you, somebody to do something and nobody did anything and they completely wasted his incredible game and because of that he couldn't, he then had to do it in Game 7, and he had the triple-double, and he, well, he didn't even have the triple-double. He would have had 20 assists had his team been able to score points. Well, but, this was a frustrating thing, is he was, what, 10, 7, and 5 or something through the first, like, 10 minutes of the first quarter. I think it was 10, and 7, and 6, he, yeah. And he finished with 9 assists. Yeah, like, the game. You're looking at it thinking, like you say, all he needs is one player to step up and help him out. It doesn't have to be the same player every day, every game. Look at the Celtics. Yeah, it, they had a different yeah. role player every single game, stepped up and helped out. Yeah, they had games where, where um, obviously, Jalen Brown's not a role player, but they had the Jalen Brown game, they had the Al Horford game, they had the Grant Williams game. Admittedly, I think Grant Williams is getting too much credit for his game because every single one of, as good as it was and as, as many points as he scored, he was wide open on every single shot. Every single one. I'm going to agree with that The same thing after Al, Al Horford in the Al Horford game. Every single shot, completely wide open. We didn't even close out. I, I agree with you on that aspect, right? Because the defending on that wasn't great. It was pretty pish, to be honest, right? However, the Bucks had plenty of open threes themselves. Yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right. He could, he could have and been doing what, what we were doing. Every single yeah. thing. You know, just because you're open doesn't mean you're guaranteed to score it, as the Bucks were showing fair. throughout that series. Because our... When we talk about the real, the real Barker thing, uh, sort of aspects of the series, right? Like we did what the Bucks did, what the Bucks were going to do, right? And that's every single time 
um, they're not necessarily going to leave a bloke open and, and stick two blokes in the paint. But if someone drives, they're going to sink and they're going to and they're going to protect the paint. The Celtics, um, and because of that, the Celtics were able to find the passes. Jason Tatum did a great job in the game seven of finding Grant Williams a lot of the time. Um, and because of that, there, there was always going to be one man open. It's whoever Brooke was uh, guarding at the time. And for, for that for that game, it was um, Grant Williams the game before. It was Al Horford because Giannis was guarding Al Horford and he was sinking because Bobby was guarding Grant Williams. That was the, Grant Williams wasn't even on the floor, actually, in those games. And so that's but the Celtics managed to do to be able to collapse in the paint, but also still defend the three quite well. Because although we had open shots, they weren't good open shots. The Celtics did a very, very good job of contesting all of our, all of no, our shots. Look, I think they did a really good job. Let's all agree on the fact that Bud didn't make adjustments when he could have, right? George Hill shouldn't have been seen the court. Mm. Grayson Allen probably shouldn't have been seen as many minutes as he got. Whereas Matthews didn't particularly give a lot, right? Oh, now, I had this argument with a Bucks fan on Twitter, right? Of, right, that's fine, but you bring Javon Carter in, right? That's one player replacing three. That's not going to work. No. Who else? And then there's that, right, Jordan, Jordan Water, right? That's not, not going to work. That's not he, happening. He, he is <laughs> not a reliable enough shooter to bring in because the point I then made was if you bring those players in and they don't perform, do you then get to the point that you're then getting angry at Bud because he made changes and the changes didn't work? Yeah, like Jordan Water is not the answer to anything in that series. Jordan Water is Grace Allen, but no. worse. Like he's like Grace Allen was, was bad because he wasn't hitting his shots and then he was getting torched on defense because Tatum was getting switched right. on to every play because he was sitting there saying come here um get me the switch on this guy because he sucks and I'm going to bully Correct. him into the basket which is very clever basketball that's how he got 46 points because you just went at a great and then George Hill the, I think people's main problem with Bud is the fact that George Hill like with Grayson at least Grayson was getting switched on to Tatum which George Hill was just guarding Tatum that was his assignment Bud said off you go mate you're 35 your knees don't work very well you're old Go guard this young superstar on the on the perimeter and try and stop him from getting into the paint. That's not going to happen, is it? Like it's it's, it's frustrating because this has obviously reignited the whole fire bud debate, which I know we have had a conversation about in text already. Uh, we also vastly differ on our opinions on it. It was partially a joke. <laughs> uh, you say that, but there, there is obviously now a huge thing going on. That, no matter, you can go Facebook, go on Twitter, go on Instagram. It's all now bud should be away, bud should be here, blah blah blah. But it doesn't fit. I don't think it would fix the issue. You know, in no. out of poor series. Sorry, I'm getting interrupted by my dog here. She just came in to say hello. <laughs> um, so if you hear any barking, it's just a dog. Hey. But it's frustrating because, you know, we didn't have enough players on the bench that were going to be able to fix that. Yeah, but, but not. I mean, yeah, you get people talking about Sergio Barker, and I, I don't think he changes anything either. Um, I, I don't. Who, think... who does the back? Who does the backer come in and replace? Exactly. Like Bobby, maybe because like that, that's it. But Bobby played quite well defensively. He, exactly. Uh, he, when when, when Bobby was switching, he was switching pretty well. Yeah, his issues were the other side of the ball. Um, yeah, he played. But Bobby was fine. Like, sure, he's, he's got criticism for not being able to hit his shots, but at least he wasn't just a traffic cone on defense like George Hill and Grace Allen were. That was that that was their big issues. The same with Wes Matthews. Wes Matthews wasn't doing much offensively, but he was still there defensively, doing a very good job and taking for a good portion of that series, especially how, given how old he is. So you got, I, I've got to respect no, him for that. But, yeah, do, I, the only people that should have been guarding Tatum in that series, like, purposefully been guarding Tatum, because obviously you rest Giannis. Like, Giannis could be, but at the same time, he's not actually that good of a perimeter defender. I think he's slightly overrated there. He's, an, he's one of the best paint defenders, but he can switch no. off the perimeter, but right. I don't think he's... So, realistically, it should be Wes, and it should have been Drew, and that was it. Those are the only two people that really should have been defending Tatum in that, in that series. But then... For a large, large portion of the game, we had George Hill on him, which didn't go well. And then we had Grayson Allen in the game at times where he was switching onto him. He shouldn't have been switching. Wes and Drew can fight over those screens. They're good enough defenders to do that. And, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, right. See, the big issue I've got, right, is over the swimming games, we didn't defend particularly well, right, as we said. We threw bricks, everything we wanted to go forward. But there's a couple of games we could have we could have blown them out of the water with the amount of shots we missed. Game seven, Giannis missed what three or four really easy layups. Yeah. Which yeah, yeah. personally I think just showed how tired he was from carrying the team. It's cause it, it, it it's cause he'd he'd done it all in game six. 
in an attempt. He had thrown everything yeah. out of that game six to win it, and the team let him down massively. And then he Correct. threw everything he could in the in the first half of game seven, and the team let him down massively again. And he was just knackered by the end. Like I there absolutely, awesome. there is one person. There's literally one person I think in the NBA that you can never criticize, and it's him. You can, uh, he, oh, absolutely. There is never 100%. criticism to be given to Giannis because he will give everything he has at, at any time. And if it's not working for him, it's, ne- it's, it's never his fault. It's never his fault. No, 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 spot on. I completely agree. His backup didn't back him up at the end of yeah. it. But the thing that bugs me, right, defensively we were shit. Offensively, we weren't particularly great. The fact that we took it to seven games actually came to surprises me when you it's watch incredible. performances back. Yeah, game five, well, game six, and game seven were all the same game. Every single, but we somehow how we won that game five, I do not know. It's incredible. I be, it's true, but the the biggest takeaway for me is that I don't think Bud can get the blame for everything. He can only put five players on the court at once, right? Doesn't matter what five players he puts on, right? They're all paid professional basketball players. No, absolutely. But the, if they, if they cannot shoot and score, mm. right? Even take out the D at the moment, right? Forget about the defense because we know that that was lackluster across the board, pretty much, right? But he puts five players on the court, right? Even you look at Yanis in game seven, he missed a couple of easy layups, but nobody's given him stick because it's Yanis, which is fine. Because Yanis does that much everywhere else that he's allowed to have, a, I say, a relatively off night. He still kind of had an incredible game. <laughs> he's had a great game. You know, which, which is mad when you say that, that, uh, yeah, you know, he had an off night. He only scored 25 points, 20 rebounds. Whoa. You know, it was terrible. <laughs> right? But the other four players, Bud can't shoot for them. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you've got Grace, it, you've got Grayson Allen and Bobby Portis, who have both been relatively reliable from three, and for even getting like further closer in, right? You've got Giroud, who well, we know what it was like in the playoffs last year, and a bit of an up and down playoffs last year, and he's done the same this year, right? He was missing Chris, who's his number two, and then you're looking at the bench and going, right, well, who else we got? Brook Lopez didn't particularly do great, played well in the first half. He played really well in the game seven. Game seven, yeah, but the other six games, he was not bad, but he wasn't. And amazing. he played well. And he did only play one in the first half. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> mostly, I think it'd be fair. But you're looking at thinking, yeah, you can blame Bud for not making changes. You can blame all the other players, bar Yanis, for whatever you want. But unless you're going to start making your shots, it doesn't matter what the fuck you do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah what, four, four for 30 in that in that game seven, I think we shot in three. Absolutely. Like, I, like, there was parts of it, and you're sitting watching, I think we were doing like 10 or 12 points by this point, right? I'm sitting looking, and the Celtics missed a couple of shots in a row, and I was like, right, brilliant. This is our chance to go forward here. We'd miss. They'd go up the court, miss. Right, we've got another chance. Let's close the gap down a bit. We'd miss a game. And I'm pretty sure the following play after that was they managed to rebound the ball two or three times offensively. And I was sitting there pulling my head out thinking, you've given them so many opportunities to extend the lead. All you need is catch a fucking ball, take it forward, put it in the net. Yeah, I know I'm, I'm, sitting a- sat in a, I'm sat in a bedroom in my house, <laughs> and I'm absolutely terrible at basketball. But I'm also not paid millions of pounds to be able to do it. I, I, I remember the period of the game that you're talking about. I remember it. It was, um, it, yeah, it was, it, it, it was, was so, so frustrating. It was coming into like, it was coming into this, it was half the second half of the third quarter or something, mm-hmm. I think it was. Yeah. And like, yeah. there was, um, there was like three possessions where the Celtics failed to score. And I was like, ah, oh, good. Let's, and then we wouldn't, and then we'd, we'd miss everything on, on our three possessions. They hit a three, and then we hit a two the other end, and then they miss a couple more shots. And you're like, okay, well, let's do something. Uh, no, no, no. And the minute that they hit a three, okay, now we can now we can score because they've scored. And that, that was the strange thing. It was we like because well, at the end of the first quarter, we were up by a couple of points, weren't we? Right. Okay. We were to, to be honest, I could, that could that could have went anyway in game seven. We could have been a couple of points down after the first quarter. Yeah. But there was that little bit of optimism, being like, yes, we've won it. So we've won the first good, quarter. Yeah. We're off to a really good start again. We need to keep it going. I would just completely capitulate in the second quarter, which I know we had that foul at the end of the, the end of the quarter, which I still don't think was a foul to begin with. It certainly wasn't a fucking three point shot foul, but it was what it was. And I, I had a, I was speaking to a Celtics fan who's a journalist um, about this, right? Because we had a bit of a discussion. He thinks it was. I said it wasn't, right? And I then made the super mistake and went, "Yeah, well, I can decide the game," because at this point it was still a relatively close game, and I'm sat there going. You know, that three points, what if we... And I'm sure Ted, too, been like, what if we lose by two points? Boom. There's your issue right away. I was like, things like that. But in the end, it didn't matter. The refs were calling offensive fouls on fucking everything. Didn't matter yeah. who had the ball. It was an offensive foul. It was bizarre. 
They yeah, were calling, I mean, they were calling fouls on things that they hadn't called, but they hardly called the entire series. Calling Brook Lopez for the three-second violations. It's, but, but I guarantee he probably did not commit. He never commits the three seconds. He knows what he's doing. He's very good at it. He's always tapping someone. He's constantly just like Correct. doing this. Correct, and it works for him. But you know, you don't. It was kind of like the whole sort of Yanis free throw thing last year, where they didn't call it for the entire season, and it got to the playoffs and went right. How can we be centre of attention for one of the biggest games of the year? And yeah. what we'll do, we'll start calling a foul that no one pays attention to because nobody will question it. Yeah. Like, don't get wrong. I mean, I'll point out now, the referees did not alter the yeah. result of the game. We were still going to get beat. Yeah, we were getting beat regardless. That doesn't matter. But it was frustrating that in a we game like that, I think that kind of swung momentum a little bit because that went from, yeah, we missed our, or we gave away possession on what should have been our final possession of second quarter. Yeah, that- the foul at the end, I, I, I did, it, we were down two, and then we went into the half down yeah. five, and that's a big swing. Yeah, and because then we come out, then we come out the half, come into the third quarter, do our classic, give up. It was an eleven and four run in the second quarter. Now we're down fifteen, and that's game over. Time to go to bed. Correct. Well, that, that was the thing. You're sitting looking, and I was sat watching on the couch. I was like, right, I'm up for work in the morning. I really want to watch the last quarter of this. And I was like, because this is horrendous. It's painful to watch. And all that could go through my head, right? Now, obviously, it's been all over Twitter and Instagram that myself and Rich Barrett had our um, forfeits per game, <laughs> right? Which, if you've not been on Twitter, go on Twitter and um, you'll enjoy the Game 7 forfeit. For me, you might want to mute your phone or your laptop or whatever you watch on. Do not listen to it in public because it is me singing Whitney Houston. Um, and it's horrific. But that was all I could think going into that fourth quarter of basketball. I was like, I'm going to have to make sure I know the worst of Whitney Houston. <laughs> I was like, as if this defeat was not crushing my soul enough, I now need to do this. What I, I was, I didn't even know all the fucking words to the song. <laughs> I didn't I even stand there with my phone in front of me. I had my earphones in so I could listen to the tune in the background. <laughs> and I still managed to fuck it up. Yeah, uh, I, I couldn't I, I couldn't watch the four. I was I was watching exercise, this is making me upset. And at this point, I've got an exam I'm gonna get revised. It was just so frustrating, like I do my best not to let sports completely ruin my mood because at the end of the day, it's a game. Yeah. Right. No, no matter how passionate you want to be, it's a game at the end of the day. There's bigger, more important things in life. Right. Sport is a, well, as a Scottish man who has got a miserable bit of luck in all forms of sports by the Bucks last year, I'm used to defeat. But, you know, it has a way of distracting you from things, you know, exams, you know, life, health, whatever it is. It takes your focus on something else. You can't then let that completely ruin it. But I went to bed absolutely fizzing on Sunday night. I couldn't sleep. That's the I, game I, finished. I had a shower. I think cool. the game finished. But half a li- think, think the game finished a while. Like half a finish. Yeah. Before, I was still laying in bed at half past one, staring at the ceiling, thinking, why couldn't someone help Yanis? Yeah. Didn't ask for a lot. Doesn't need a lot. It only needs a little bit. There's going to be a lot of conversations about about things to things to do in the oh. off season. It, it's weird because it kind of goes back to in, we've had this discussion I've had it with other folks you will have had it with other folks right is to beat the Bucks you don't have to stop Giannis you have to stop his support right because it's, it's not very Giannis. hard no. No. well this is the thing though right Giannis will always do Giannis like we're saying right he was yeah. told he had, his class was a bad game when you're getting near enough a triple double right that that says enough on its own that Giannis and teams will admit that that you know leave him to do his thing if you can stop his number two and number three doing things, you'll win. And that's exactly what happened. Frustratingly for the Bucks, we couldn't stop Jason Tatum half the time. You know, he had himself he had himself a really good series and it was a hell of a player. But we couldn't stop anyone else either, which was the biggest issue we had. But we thought, you know what, right, we've not stopped one player. Fuck it. Let's just open the floodgates and let them all go. Literally after after um after after Wes, we had no wings on the bench to guard um, Jason Tatum and it's like well like yeah you've got Drew and I guess that's it and it's like well, like when when you take Wes out of the game because he's old he can't play the whole game and he, and he, you know, he, I think he did a service mm-hmm. for Tatum when you take him out you've got nobody and I actually saw an interesting thing they said well we did we had De- DeAndre Bembry signed to be the backup wing and he tore his ACL <laughs> yeah. before the playoffs and um, no one particularly well and oh, obviously you're like that's a ridiculous what if to say, but like he, he like to criticize the roster, we lost the we lost our backup wing, like we lost it we lost you know. two of them because we you, you, you got Chris and Wes and then 
Benbury was that was that was our ring rota- our wing rotation for the playoffs. But we lost Benbury before we could sign anyone else for the playoffs. And we ended up going into the playoffs with a, a man less on the roster because we just obviously we cut him because we didn't want to pay him. Yeah. That's ACL. Yeah, feel bad for him for it. But I hope he's doing well. Um, but yeah, but, uh, and, I mean, it's true that people forget this. Though, that, like I still stand by sports fans are very fickle and are very short minded or short memory. Sorry. At the end of it, you know, we didn't have a bad regular season. You know, people are still through going about this whole we threw the last game, so we got third and center second, blah, blah, blah. Ah, it's not a bad season, but then yeah. you need to realistically accept and go, you know what? It's an 82-game season plus, you know, if you're going four four rounds in seven games a series, right? You've got another 28 games on top of that, right? You're going to get injuries. Yeah. Like every team does. It's a, look at the Nets in the regular season. They lost 10 in a row because they lost KD. Yep. And they had a completely capitulated team for a while, right? We all had a great laugh at it. The pair of us had a great episode of laughing away, right? And it was. You know, it was enjoyable to watch the Nets fall apart, but then you look at it and go, that doesn't happen if they're fit. It doesn't happen you if Kari gets the vaccine, but that's a different Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, there is that as well, eh? But I'd be very interested to see how this series would have went if both teams were fit. Because obviously, Celtics were missing someone as well. Who was that? I can't remember who it was. The thing, so, so the Celtics Rob were missing Williams. Rob Williams. But Rob, the thing is, Celtics fans saying that Rob Williams being out has an impact on the series is just wrong. Uh, like, we won games where Rob Williams played, and then he was available for the last game, and he, and he got a coach's DNP. He made in play okay. because he knew that he was a liability to, to the scheme in this particular series. That's not saying that Rob Williams is bad. Rob Williams is a very good player, but in this particular series, he would have given someone who the Bucks would have left wide open, and he would not have hit however many threes Grant Williams yeah. ended up said in play and, and the Bucks would have had a much better chance of winning a game. They still wouldn't have done. They still wouldn't have won the series if Rob Williams is playing because the Bucks were bad. But the Bucs would have had a better chance. And Rob Williams not playing. You know, I hear that. But I'm going to ask a really, really stupid question here, right? But it's just that sort of came to me because it's happened to both the finalists from last year, right? So we've already spoken about the Suns. They got humped even more than we did yep. going into Game 7, right? But both of us got pumped. But we, all have, we both had a very, very short off-season. Yeah, I mean, Obviously, that's they, what... They reduced the off-season after last season to get back on track for our standard NBA season, right? That's fine. Do you think that's maybe caught up with both teams then going into this? Because to me, I say it maybe has to an extent. Well, that's that's what um, Phoenix had a lot of injury problems during the season. Booker, Paul, Aiton, mm-hmm. um, Johnson all missed time during the regular season. Um, Mikael Bridges was the only player that didn't miss any time for them. Um, and I mean, Miami was saying that when we swept them, that's the excuse that they started bringing out with the with the reduced off season, but. Honestly, like the, realistically, they played an 82-game season. They're professional sports athletes, professional athletes. The, a, a week's rest or two weeks rest or whatever it would have been nine months prior to the, the playoffs. I don't think it. I don't think it changes much. I think. I think we just got unlucky because there was a slippery floor, and that's that's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that that one thing has led to this exact thing. Like, you know, the short off-season has led exactly to both teams getting pumped out in seven, right? It's, it's not the main factor, but then you you look at the Olympics was on as well. You've got Giroud and Chris were over there. There was other players over there as well, which reduces your time off substantially more. That You're then looking at playing essentially two full seasons with a very, very short break. Yeah. Which, no, no matter how fit you are, that, that takes its toll with the amount of training and travelling you do as well. True, true. I mean... But, I don't think we're going to win the series in no. this because of that. But you, you look at how tired Giannis was after Game 7, right, from giving everything. Right? Yeah. That man is going to enjoy a slightly longer offseason than he was expecting. Yeah, and I mean, we're going to come back next year and we're going to win it, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Hell, yes, we are. <laughs> but it's, it's just so frustrating. Because like, I'm, I'm sitting looking at the scores from... Game one seven and eight, right? Apart from game one where we won by twelve, right? We, we actually played very well. I, I don't know. Maybe the Celtics hadn't figured us out by that point. Maybe they had, but they just didn't do very well. I don't know, right? But then you go into game two, and they absolutely hump us. They score more than we scored in game one, and we and kept us to less than what they scored in game one. So it was horrific. We win game three by two points. We then managed to lose game four by fucking four times. The thing with Game 4 is, though... Did you watch Game 4? I can't remember which ones you watched. Which one um, yes, I did watch Game 4, yeah. Because game, game 4 was the Al Horford game. Um, yeah. We should have won that game. That's to get... that Like, in terms of... 
who played better. We, I, I, don't, I, I don't think we should we say we played better because we didn't in the fourth quarter, but we played better for three quarters and then just completely somehow just threw it away in the fourth. We we, we completely capitulated. We didn't. We we kind of did with the Celtics in game five really, and so we well, probably like. That's a frustrating thing though, because then obviously going to game five, this is the game I missed, which I woke up to, I don't even know how many texts from yourself and a couple of others, <laughs> where it was described as one of the best all-time box games in history. I right? we, also, we, won it by, we won it by three, it was oh, a crazy yeah. last 40 seconds. <laughs> it was, it was a right, because box game, I hated it. From what I watched back, the first three and three quarters, no, it was, it was rubbish. the fourth was shit. It's yeah, oh. yeah, a great comeback, and, you know. It was the great for two minutes. Yeah, the last two yeah. minutes are really good. But the rest of the game it's, is horrendous. Oh. Don't get me wrong. It's a really good comeback from the Bucks. They come back and, you know, manage to come back from so many points and so little thing. But that says more about the fact that through three quarters we were doing so many. It was it was more about the Celtics losing than about us winning that game. Yeah. And then Drew yeah. Holiday being which, very, very good. Which, again, goes back to your whole Christmas Day game where it was the exact same. The Celtics yeah. led for the majority of that game mm-hmm. and the Bucks snuck it at the end. Even that Christmas Day game, we, we we played better for the majority. For we played well yeah. for the majority of the Christmas Day game. We just we were just yeah. we were always within two, and we just kept it very close until the end. This game we played badly the entire game yeah. until the fourth quarter. When we still didn't play great, they just played even worse. It was it was almost as if Game Five really fired up the Celtics because the game obviously we then had the chance to win it in six at home. Giannis which, puts up one, you know, one of the one of the, his best ever performances, I think. Jason so, Tatum puts in a hell of a shift for the Celtics. And he puts maybe maybe one of his Which, best performances, yeah. That one that one really bugged me, right? He had a really good game, but it really really got to me how the media were playing that, right? Uh, Yanis had two more points than him at this point. Every right? time it was a superstar performance for the ages. Tatum has done amazing, blah, blah, blah. And you look at Yanis' box score. He's got three more points, a handful more rebounds, and a handful more, more assists. More rebounds, like, more assists. And you, 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 but it's because he was shooting threes. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, but the thing was, and then they were turning going, right, superhuman Tatum, Yanis scores points too. Wow, that's great. Like, how can one be superhuman one isn't? Oh my God, from Tatum, oh, that's unbelievable. That's the greatest shot I've ever seen in my life. This man's the greatest player of all time. Yanis with a nice dunk there. <laughs> right, that's exactly how it went. Which, <laughs> what, was it game, no, it wasn't game six where the, the commentator was fucking horrendous, was it? That was, Game, it's like game three. One to four, the commentators were bad. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, they had, they had the boy who was quite clearly had a straw up the Celtics arsehole so, so far, it was tickling their tonsils. So, so, so Hubie, Hubie was really bad in games one and two. That's and the one. Then, That's and, the one. And then Stan Van Gundy was really bad in games three, four, five. And then they swapped it and they, we, we got Jeff Van Gundy, his brother, who was better in the last two games. And, um, yeah, Mike, Mike Green's always great. I, he, yeah. I was I was so confident after we won the first game. Mm. Okay. Which, five. five. Really Easy. <laughs> I think it was all right. We won by twelve. We, were, we went on the road, won the first game, silence occurred, right? Which is huge. And we all I thought actually, to myself yeah. was we don't have to win another game on the road, we just have to hold home court. We are now the yeah. home team. Yeah. Right. So we, they, they win game two, that's fine. Series is tied, right? Sure. We're we had, we had a bad game in game two. That's fine. We we've done our job yeah. away. We yeah. now, now, now we win our home games and we've won the series. Easy peasy, right? Yeah. We, we then go 2 1 up. And I, I remember saying to you again, I was like, right, brilliant. I was like, we've still got home court advantage. This is ours to lose. Yeah, we and only won by two points, but we still keep. Yeah. We fucking lost it well. And, but we, because we lost that, we then threw away the home court advantage again. Yeah, yeah. going, oh, fuck, that's really annoying. I'd rather have won two games at home than one on the road. It's like, now we've got to win another then, one away. Which we then do. This and is what really frustrated me. No, we and you're still looking and going, oh, we've won a second game on the road. What the hell? We are really doing well here. Surely no, we're not going to close out at home. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, then, and then if, to home again. if someone said to you, yeah. oh, yeah, in, in this closeout game, Giannis is going to have 40, 20, and 7. What, what, who do you reckon won the game? Oh, oh who yeah. know, to be fair, it was 45. Giannis then had a stat for the entire and series. We're going to have to it, find it. Two for three from three. And he, and he shoots 14 for 15 from the free throw line. Do you reckon we won the game? Oh, no. Great. Let me, I'm trying to find this thing that he's, he um, had a record that was he it was, put up um, in this um, playoffs. What was it? Was it like 200 points? 2,000 points? 2,000 points? No, it must yeah, be 200 points, 100 Yannis yeah, yeah, becomes the first player in the, in, to record 200 points, 100 rebounds and 50 assists in a playoff yeah. series. 
right? Chief told me at the start of the series that Yanis was going to do that, right? I was trying to go, right, we're winning six, we're winning five. If Yanis is going to perform that well, surely there's going to be a second player that's going to step up and help him out in each game. Yeah, and if you say, so in game six, in the closeout game, to win the series at home, Giannis is going to have 44, 26, a steal, a block. He's going to shoot two for three from three. He's going to shoot 14 for 15 from the free throw line. And we're not going to, we're going to score 95 points. It, it was like his game six finals. Um, it was. All over again. Because he, he just sit- knows when to turn it on. And, and, he get, and you're sitting looking he, at I remember watching that thinking, Giannis just really likes game sixes at home. Honestly, like, that's all I can take from that. He gives 100% in every single game, but he knows when to give it 120%. And then because right. of that, he couldn't do it again in Game 7 because he'd done it in this one and no one showed up. It was just, it was, it, the whole series is just great. Like, like we're saying, we didn't expect to win, but it is what it is. Except for Pat. You know, congrats, that's true, Pat played well. Pat played but well. congratulations to the Celtics. You know, they won it. A lot of their fans have actually been really good sports. I had one who was in my fucking messages constantly. <laughs> like just arguing anything I said, and it was infuriating because it was just pointless arguments. Yeah, honestly, they the Bulls fans have like, been worse and worse at the end of this series than the, than the Celtics. I was going to say that they've they've just enjoyed the fact that we've gotten beat. But about, one of them told me that I'm a child for that as well. <laughs> they can't take a slag, and I was like, well, yeah, okay, because like, I said so. But like a lot, of, a lot of Celtic fans are great. Like, the UK fan pages um, group chat that we've got. There's a lot of Celtic fans in there from like the podcasts and stuff like that as well. And they've been brilliant in the entire series. We yeah, give them a lot of stick for being Celtics fans, but there's been a lot of banter from everyone involved. And it's been yeah, great. Rich has been great. It's been... I'm just devastated that I have to do the, the um, cinnamon challenge, the fish. I think I'd rather have eaten fucking those pickled eggs that he had or pickled onions. <laughs> but, which, by the way, the, um, the game forfeits will be coming back for next season for the regular season. But the <laughs> <second>. <laughs> They, oh dear. We, were, we were chatting about it tonight. We had a phone call tonight once I'd done the um, singing, and we were like, "Should we just keep this going?" Because obviously last year, me and Rich had a bet that uh, if the Bucks won the championship, he had to go on an Instagram live on the UK fans page with a Chris Middleton jersey on, which obviously <laughs> we had to we had to adapt the Celtics jersey to make it work. But you know, so it's kind of stemmed from there that it's just continued on. That you know, it's probably been the, the biggest highlight of the series for me was the fact that we had that banner. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because um... good, like. It was weird, because see, like, the first series against the Bills, there wasn't a lot of banter with their fans, because they just hated Grayson Allen. Yeah, and, and they took everything that really seriously as well. But, yeah, yeah, it was great banter for us. the only banter they had. Oh, yeah, you may win, but Grayson Allen. Ugh. And you're like, oh, that's not really an argument. Grayson Allen scored more points in, like, one of the, set of the Bulls games than he did in the entire Celtics series. George Hill scored five yeah. points in seven games. How do you do that when you're playing 20 minutes a game? It's a talent is what that is. That is a talent. He couldn't even average a triple uno. He couldn't even average 1.1 rebound, one assist. He was averaging 1.1 rebound and 0.8 assists. With about five fouls in there, probably. It's just frustrating, isn't it? That, oh, there's, there's so <laughs> Javon, Javon Carter's sitting there, right, sitting right there. Javon Carter outscored him in that, in that, in what game was it? In, um, in game... Six, oh, I think. James, James Six when he came in. I, in in, thir- in oh, 30 yeah. seconds, he's he outscored George Hill. He played 18 minutes. Uh, what's annoying, Javon's not re-signing with us. He shouldn't. He should not re-sign with us. We don't deserve it. Which, go play somewhere and go play well. Which, you deserve to. It's a shame because, I don't, I don't know. See, depending on what the Bucks do, they may be able to convince him. The biggest concern I, I've got is Bobby Portis at the moment. He, um, Javon posted on Instagram saying thank you, Milwaukee, you know, and it, it, it looked like a very much... Uh, I didn't see that, so yeah, that would have done that. But, like, I thought he would have been, been a great backup point guard for the future. I genuinely thought he would have been. Like, I thought he was our future backup point guard, and we decided. And I think it. Uh, honestly, we. I don't think you can blame George Hill. You blame Bud for playing George Hill because it's not. It's not George Hill's fault that he's bad. That's not his problem. No, that is true. That's true. But told then, by the coach, I... go out there and play. Stop being so good mates with Bud, George. Go back to your family. Um, my, my big one was Bobby Portis because Bobby has came out and basically said that the ball's in Milwaukee's court because obviously he's got his player option for this year but everyone's expecting him to get the big bag he's going to decline yeah he's going to decline the player option yeah. we need to offer him and the max we can we need, we need to, to offer him, Pat yeah. the max we can or not the max we can to Pat but we need to get Pat back get Bobby back I, I don't know because I, th- I think Pat deserves a lot of money right absolutely but he, maybe not he's like, one of those I players that he, he's not a glory hunter right he literally comes in does his job 
goes back to the bench, right? And he's quite content being that role player of, I, I know I joked earlier in the season about being sixth man of the year, but he kind of is that kind of role where he goes, right, I'll start on the bench, that's fine. I'll come in, I'm going to do my job, and I'm going to go back to the bench and chill out. If you need me to What's... start, I'll start a game for you. You need me to come in and play more minutes, I'll come play them, and I won't complain. And he just does what he needs to do. But I th- he's one of those players that I, I think he's, well, he's not so underrated now. I think a lot of fans have realised he's not as under um, underappreciated as he was, but he used to be really undervalued and underappreciated by Bucks fans. To be fair, I think he used to be bad. But he 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 massively improved over the last he he has massively improved over the last two seasons and he is now underappreciated by Bucks fans for sure. It it, ha, it has improved, which has made a big difference to it. But like even like last season, right? He was still having not the greatest season, and people were getting on his back. He like but he's not having a bad season. And I was like he's coming in and doing exactly what you want from that type of player. If everyone came off our bench and played like Bobby and um, Pat, we'd be laughing. We'd be great, yeah. I mean, Grayson did for a lot of the se- for a lot of the season. Grayson did too. Yeah. Pat did too. Bobby did. They all played very well off the bench for the entire season until the seven games when it mattered. Except for Pat. Pat actually played quite well in the seven. Yeah, he did. But he was he, just... he was the only sort of role player that did sort of play well. Play well. So keep him around. Although yeah. he still played bad in game seven because everyone played bad in game seven. Yeah, the whole thing's just so frustrating, isn't it? Like I know I don't know how many times I've said that on this episode, but like. It is just bugging the hell out of me. Like, I don't mind losing. You know, you're never going to win everything. Like, the Bucks are never going to win the championship for the next hundred years. In terms, like every, consecutively for a hundred years, right? I think we'll win it before the next hundred years. By the way, but you just have to accept losing is going to happen. It's the manner and how you're losing that does it for me. Yeah, I think. I also don't think we can. I I don't want to put too much stuff on Drew as well because Drew was bad this series, but he wasn't. I don't think. I don't think he was too bad. He played defensively. He was really good, as he always is. Mm-hmm. Um, offensively, he was bad, but he was bad last class defensively, and we still won. Um, the, the issue was so Jiru's always been like that. Yeah, because of because Chris goes down, he has to do more. He has to do more. Yeah, and he can't. He was he was That's doing stuff. That trio maybe, so well. maybe it's his own fault, but there was there were times in these games where he basically did because he did because he's all we had. We like. We have three players who can create shots, either for themselves or for other people. Drew, Chris, Giannis. When Chris is get down, Giannis is out of the game. Drew has to do stuff on his own. And that he was doing stupid stuff a lot of the time. But I, I don't know how much you can blame because there was so much pressure on him to do so much. And I think it's a weird, I think it's we all, should it's overreact. It's the importance of Chris. Absolutely. Right? Massively. But you could say the same that you miss. If Giannis goes down, it shows the importance of Giannis to that group of three, right? That, I still stand by that those three as a group, right, are one of the best big threes in the NBA. Right? I think it's hard, yeah. to, hard to rival them, but all three of them are on the court together. They they're a very, very hard team to break down and beat. Correct. There you but go. Right? But, um, they, they, are, they are so good, but like you're saying, right, so Giroud is better defensively than he is offensively, right? We know that. Chris is better offensively than he is defensively. And Giannis is just superhuman. They can do everything. Like, right? And it made the Celtics' job so much easier to defend us when we didn't have a guy that can just get the ball and do anything. Because that's what's so good about Chris, is he can shoot threes, he can do the mid-range, he can go to the rim at any point. And so because of that, you have to be very careful with how you guard him, because he can get a shot from anywhere, because he's that good, he's really good. And because we didn't, all they had to do was they had the two blokes that stood in the paint and the rest of the blokes stood on the stood outside, because no one else is doing anything else. They're not scared. Like, right. so you you can't. The reason the Bucks don't close out on shooters is because they're afraid the shooter will put the ball on the court, drive past them, and get the layup. Because the Bucks prioritize interior defense. Nobody on the Bucks team, the Celtics were scared of driving, so they would close out everything, even if it meant they were going to get dri- drove past. Because who cares if Wes Matthews drives past anyone? They're going to be able to re- recover and get the block on it. And that's what the Celt- exactly. why the Celtics were able to not contest the threes, but contest slightly greater contest and not to stand there and leave people open for three. They could put that little bit of pressure on you that made you think. Yeah, if you had Chris out there, though, they they cannot do that with Chris because Chris can punish you from anywhere on the court. And he he changes the defensive scheme and it it creates chaos for everyone else because he can come through, he can weave in and out and he can do all sorts of stuff. And without him, yeah. It's such a shame, but... Like I said, it shows the importance of one man in that group of three. But like we're saying, Chris is better on offense. Giroud's better defensively. And like you're saying, with Chris going down, it shows the gap 
that we have. But the flip side to this, right? If it's Juru that's injured and not Chris, right? We're better offensively. Do we then win the series? Maybe, maybe not. Because um, we've got, when I say we've got better defenders, I'm using that term lately then, after watching that series. Then we but, have no point guard. If you take if you take Drew out, we have no point guard, and we're bad. I'm mean, we still during the season, like Drew, Drew. Whenever one of the three went down, we were awful. When all three were playing, we were very good. That's Correct. like there was that start of something that like when all when all three of the guys played, we had some ridiculous record, and then we 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 had a below five hundred record when only when only two of them were playing. Correct. Like. And I, I really hope people start, that, you know, because um, Jokic got a lot of praise this year mm-hmm. because he one-man solo carried a team to the playoffs, right? I would have paid a lot of money for any one of the players Jokic had to be playing for us in that Celtic series. Give me any of them. I don't care. They're all better than what we had planned. <laughs> Correct. So he was all right. You got to remember how good Jokic was, right? And how many assists he was getting. Man was well, averaging like a triple double, I think he was, wasn't he? Yeah, but his teammates must have thinking, <laughs> Well, that's the thing. For him to get double double figures and assists every game, somebody's scoring baskets, right? And that's the end of it. Yeah, he was playing all those really silky, cool passes <laughs> and the rest of it, but they don't happen, <laughs> or they don't get the assist, sorry, if that player doesn't score. Exactly. So his players must be doing something. Because I was, I was worried. Exactly. I was worried. <laughs> That's a frustrating thing. Right. I'm going to end this on this, right? If you do mock trades two days after the game that we have lost, get the fuck. Right? Yeah, there's no... The season is not unless, over. Stop with these mock trades. Unless it's actually like a sensible mock trade. And like, I don't want to see anyone putting Drew and Chris into the trade finder. All right? Oh, I've, I've seen Drew and Chris going to Portland. God knows how many times for Damian Lillard because they say they would play with Yanis. Right. What player in the NBA would not play with fucking Yanis? To be fair, Dame said it on Twitter. But if if we're getting that, doesn't make, the max, that doesn't change it. The max I'm giving up for him is Brook Lopez. <laughs> you can have Brook Lopez, Grace Allen, and our first round pick from this year. That's all you get. You're not getting Drew or Chris. Le- LeBron James has said that it, three players they would love to play with were, would be Kobe, Kyrie, or KD. Right? Does that mean he's going to Brooklyn Nets? No, it does not. It just means <laughs> that he says he would want to play with them. Well, until the Brooklyn Nets draft Ronnie James, play with the best player on the planet does not mean that he wants to move to Milwaukee, right? Yeah, but no. the amount of mock trades I have seen in the last couple of days, honestly, I think the first one I've seen was within an hour of the playoff game, <laughs> right? He was sitting thinking, like, give it a rest. Just calm down. Yeah, unless, unless your trade is a semi-realistic trade, I don't want to see it, okay? I don't want to see us trading. Yeah. I, I'm not, no. We're not trading Drew and Chris for Anthony Davis from the Lakers, all right? We're not trading for <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Okay, that, we're not doing that. It's just, it's so frustrating because, like, if your trade is, we're trading, we're trading Jordan Wara, our first round pick for the for the tenth pick in the draft. I'll allow that one. Sure, yeah. we'll do that. Why not? But Perfect. I don't want to see something stupid. I think what a lot of people seem to forget is that we need to look at saying in our own players back before we look at trading for anyone. Yeah, I mean, we, it, we need it, to. It's, it's no good saying right. We're going to sign Damian Lillard, but we're going to give them Pat Connor and then Bobby Portis. All right, two players that have a player option they don't, don't even play for us. Yeah. and bugger off somewhere else. That's not going to work, is it? Yeah, honestly, we... we um, oh, sorry, I, I get in a proper rant about this, but it really, really grinds my gears just like reading some of the trades that come up. Yeah, it, Because we've also not got a massive salary cap to use either, from what I'm no. remembering. We've got if, you're, if your trade is for Kenrich Williams or for Royce O'Neill or for Robert Covington or something, fine, I'll entertain the trade. But if it's for Damien, like a superstar level player, I, I don't care. This oh, this trio I've won a championship, a few, but... and we should we should not trade Drew, Chris. Or, or, well, I, I'm not going to say us. We shouldn't trade Drew or Chris. Run it back with them. Get Chris fit again. We'll be fine. That was another one of my favorite ones. If somebody is now worried, Yanis is going to leave. <laughs> right, and I shit you not, that was it. Oh well, you know he's not won this year, so he's going to leave to go chase a ring elsewhere. And you're like, right, where's he going? I was like, because. He didn't win a championship for God knows how many years it was in Milwaukee, right? He's won one. He is still the best player in the league running it. So no matter what team he's on, it doesn't really make a difference. He is still going to be the best player. He's not going to play with greater players. Is this you? Right? We, look look we at the Nets need... with what the Nets done. Yeah. We don't need anything else. We we need Chris Middleton fit. We need some slightly better role players. We need to upgrade our role players a little bit. Not, and, um, you know, because... We did we did a bad job with our signings. Semi Ojale was bad. Don't know what you're on about. He was bad. amazing. 
Rodney <laughs> um, yeah, Hood was Rodney Good for one game. He was Rodney Good. Rodney, <laughs> Rodney Good was a great time. I miss Rodney Good. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what Ibaka, Ibaka's contract is because I feel like he. I don't know what that nowadays. I don't know what that trade was because at the time I was really excited because it was the centre rebounding depth. It helped us for the regular yeah. season, but that, yeah, but that's what we needed though. We needed someone to replace Brook Lopez. Brook wasn't going to make the playoffs, right? Which we're talking to touch and go for a bit, right? right. So set, the, the backer trade made sense because we needed the backup as a backup. <laughs> Which obviously, when it came to the playoffs, it didn't matter because with Bobby Portis and we had Brook yeah. Lopez, right? We had the rotation we wanted there. And you had Yanis who could fill in at centre if you really wanted to, right? So a backer then came to became redundant. But the flip side to it, but we're still going to lose Dante at the end of this season anyway. Yeah, and we Dante. Well, we weren't going to say him or Grace and Allen. One of the most ridiculous things that I've seen all, all season, all playoffs and all season, was that somebody somebody made the point. It was like, how's that Ibaka trade looking for you now, Bucks fans? And it's like, you think Dante, notorious for bricking threes and missing layups, would have changed that series. It would have made us worse. Exactly. Correct. Although it does have pressure on the fact that Grace and Allen now need to be a good player because we chose him over Donny. So well, we need to be better than what Donny would be. Somebody might like the fact that he was given the regular season. We might be able to offload him. <laughs> we can hope. We can hope. Anyway, we'll end it there. We will be back for another episode before the end of the season where we're chatting properly about the entire Bucks season. Um, so that should be a real cool sort of an episode, to be honest. Um, <laughs> we can talk more about we can talk more about what we need to do next year. But yeah, this one's obviously been a bit gloomy because the box got beat and it made us all sad. So I've been sat beside her whilst we've done this because it made me feel better, to be honest. Yeah, honestly, but, get, um, get Chris back. We win next year, easy. Correct. It is. We're gonna. I say we're gonna repeat. That doesn't make sense now. So we're gonna repeat plus one. Sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. We'll, we'll, we'll find something to make that work. But thank you very much for listening and take care.